Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis alongside Brian Smith, and we're going to talk a little bit recruiting right now. But first, I do want to let you know that LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. So we have talked about Camarion Franklin, and we're not going to talk about Camarion Franklin this episode. I've decided we're going to take a week off talking about Camarion Franklin <laughs> because we had something interesting happen, and that thing that we've all been waiting on to happen kind of did. So we're waiting on the other shooter drop, and that is real White decommitting from the Arkansas Razorbacks shortly after going to Ole Miss on a visit whenever they did their cookout. Um, what should we take from this? Well, Lane Kiffin is a rather persistent recruiter, um, as you well know. I'm not surprised. Uh, once he visited for that, and he could have went, I'm sure Arkansas had their own event. Every school in the country has got one of those events on that weekend. Why did he go to Ole Miss? Well, obviously he was interested. Nareel's been to Ole Miss before. They've been recruiting him hard. So I'm guessing he's just kind of torn and he'll end up at Arkansas or Ole Miss. But right now I would lean Rebels because why decommit otherwise? Yeah, and, and we're like I said, we're waiting on the other shooter drop. We all assume he's going to eventually commit to Ole Miss, but he might not. It should, somebody else could weasel in while all this is going on. I mean, the rumor was after J.J. Harrell decommitted from Tennessee that Ole Miss was leading there, he ended up at Mississippi State. So who knows? That is recruiting in 2023. Mm -hmm. You're a leader for at most one hour, and then it starts over. That's kind of how we get, get around anymore. So it is what it is, man. I, If I was guessing right now, uh, and I sent a message to Nareel a little bit ago, He'll probably take his time with the next one. So whenever he does make a public announcement again, that's it. Whatever decision that may be. And it could be signing day for all I know. I have no idea what timeline this young man now has. But, I mean, time is on his side because he has several offers in the SEC, et cetera, that he can pick from. So, you know, it's, he's a great player. So you get those options. What do you think about him not making the dandy dozen in the state of Mississippi? It's kind of hard to accept. I mean, Mississippi's is really good. In most years, he would have. Hmm. That's the first thing. This year's a little bit, even for Mississippi standards, a little higher. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a good year. But at the same time, I mean, I hate picking one guy over the other, but at the end of the day, you got X number of spots. And I'm not hmm. the one picking it. So, yeah. I don't I don't know. I'd, I'd hate to see who their last two or three picks were. That's probably not much fun. You're, you're screwing over somebody. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I think it was like, what, 14 or 15 or 16 four-star players in the state of Mississippi, so somebody was going to get left out. Yeah, I mean, that's – at the end of the day, a number is a number. <laughs> Eventually, you cut it off. I mean, that's it. So, uh, I don't think it matters much to guys like you and me, but to a high school kid and his mom – it probably matters quite a bit. I, I yeah. would imagine that, especially in a state like Mississippi, which has got a lot of prideful people, that probably didn't sit very well. 
Yeah. Well, we move out to Arizona, who is going through a little conversation that's happening in that state at the moment, but we'll go <laughs> past that. Yeah, I don't um, want any part of that, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Dylan, want any part of that. Dylan Hip is committing on Sunday. Lane Kiffin has retweeted his announcement date. It's probably between Ole Miss and Baylor. You have Correct. any read on this one? The read is I have no clue. I mean, Baylor and Ole Miss for a kid in the state of Arizona. You and I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's like, what am I, what am I grading this on? Like, how would I, and I've read his comments. I've read numerous articles. You'll know when I know, uh, when he announces that's, I don't know. I, I don't like, if I had to guess, I would pick Ole Miss because Lane's an offensive coach. Baylor's head coach, I love him, but he's a defensive-minded guy. I'm, I mean, I'm throwing out some straws here, but that's the only thing I could go with. I mean, if I'm a flex tight end, I'm picking Ole Miss. I mean, it's not hard for me. But, uh, you know, that kid may dislike Baylor and want to go there. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. Like like you said, he's a flex tight end. He He's a jumbo – essentially a jumbo wide receiver at this point. Correct. Why, why would you go to Baylor where they actually use – inline tight ends in that situation where they are going to try and change exactly what you do because they're not they're not running that three wide stuff that lane kiffin is doing yeah the offense that lane runs is pretty much what baylor was 10 years ago Mm -hmm. with a little more running i mean they baylor's offense was insanely prolific back in the day but it's just not the same scheme now so steven you're you're preaching to the choir i mean Mm -hmm. for me it wouldn't be that hard but again to each their own. You know, I, I'll, I'll just bring this up. And this is on my show. I've been beating on this drum for probably three or four weeks at this moment. And that is with the addition of Ole Miss getting Caden Priestcorn. And you need to find a way to get Michael Trigg on the field. I think Ole Miss should be running some 12 personnel and actually playing Trigg as more of a flex tight end slot wide receiver. 100%. Matchups. And – I, I just think that would be really effective and help Jackson dart out. Trigg is a very unique athlete. I've been around him several times because he's from Tampa and I, I lived there for a long time. You have to find a way to get him on the field. I have no idea how well he's doing in offseason conditioning and all that, but he was born ready. Like physically, he is the rarest of the rare. So, I, and again, there's another flex tight end receiver type. How many guys are really going to win against him? In a 50-50 situation, not many. I've seen him play basketball. I didn't even need to see him play football to already know that. It's not fun for whoever he's guarding or trying to guard him. He wins those matchups nine out of ten times. Yeah, and another question that I just want to run by you real quick because we kind of got off topic here for a second, but that's okay. Um, Jackson Dark came from USC, who was that time an air raid school. And I have a theory that air raid quarterbacks struggle in transitioning to normal offenses for whatever reason, they do things a little bit differently. And Jackson Dart kind of basically had to de- detoxify his system away from that air raid system into an RPO thing, learning something completely different. And last year was kind of a growing pain year, and this is the year that you're going to see him take a major step forward. I don't think that's incorrect. The air raid is what it sounds like. Uh, I remember seeing a couple of different games over the last few years when USC was playing, whether it was against Notre Dame or seeing other teams like Texas Tech, teams would invite them to run. They'd run a five-man box. 
I mean, that screams just run the football. But they didn't think this team could do much in the red zone once they used that scheme and they would bottle them up, which oftentimes it did. It's just mental and it's numbers and all that. But when you add RPO, if you run five-man box, obviously you murder them. And I think it's a more effective scheme. That's why I like Lane's offense so much. But there's also a lot more responsibility. And the reads, as you noted, quite complex sometimes. But then again, maybe not. And he's got to just sometimes take the check down. That's With a kid like Dart that has such a great arm and has all that athleticism, he should be able to make a lot of plays out on the perimeter. Even if he doesn't run, he can get outside and make some plays. I, I think he'll be over 3,000 yards, and his interception touchdown ratio will be much better. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. So we're going into the football season, camp starting. There's not going to be much recruiting, per se, happening right now because everybody's in camp mode. What's the reset? How should we look at recruiting going forward as the season is less than a month away? Number one, once September gets here and these kids start taking visits again, whether unofficial or official, it's one of my favorite sayings. Not what you say, it's what you do. What campus did you go to? How often uh, did you skip somebody else's event to go to and fill in the blank? It could be for or against Ole Miss. You have to read what they do. And there's a bunch of kids that are either committed or uncommitted, still in the state of Mississippi, Alabama, Tennessee, et cetera, that the Rebels are involved with. And they, especially defensive players, that's why you and I talk about Camarion so much, they have to get those kids on campus. The value of a defensive recruit to an offensive recruit to Kiffin is, is two to one, in my opinion, because he'll figure out offense. They have to get those defensive kids to get over the hump. Pay attention to that very close who's standing on the sidelines with Kiffin during games. What what game should we keep an eye on for Ole Miss? I think they play LSU at home at the end of September. Well, that's that's Lock City for one, obviously. Yeah. I mean, because LSU's a top 15 team conservatively, maybe top five by the end of the year. They got a lot of talent. Uh, any any home game, though, I mean, they, it's just – especially for the kids that are within, like use Camarion, what is he, 45 minutes from campus, whatever. Yeah. Kids like that that don't come, eh, it makes me a little nervous. You know, if they don't go anywhere, why wouldn't you at least go up to Oxford, just watch the game, go, go drive back home? You know, they you play know a night. I mean? They play a night game against Georgia Tech the third week of the Ooh. season at home. That, that would that, be a good one. That'd be a good yeah. one to go for. The, the fans will be lit. It, yeah. That'll be a good atmosphere. So maybe that's the game we should keep an eye on to see if Camarion is in Oxford that weekend. Could be, uh, unless he's – I'm not sure if he's taking any more officials this fall, but that would be a great opportunity. Again, it's right down the road, um, there, and there's nothing like seeing it live. Whatever – it doesn't have to be Ole Miss, but whatever game, it's different than it is on TV. Do you? Do I fit in here? It can help these young men make a final decision. It really can. Yeah, and I guess so much for not talking about Camarion for an episode. Well, I, I like to him <laughs> once in a while too. Any, what's the word on him out of Miami? They're in it, and it's just kind of wait and see. They're trying to get him on campus as many times as possible. I haven't heard, like, we're getting him or anything like that. Cautiously optimistic, but so's Auburn. You know, so's Tennessee. Like, this one is I, – I think you've heard similar, so that means mm. nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. That, that means, the, okay. kid, means yeah. the kid's enjoying recruiting. Is that is also – I will lockstep that one. There is no doubt about that. I 100% mm. agree. So, yeah, that's it, okay. That's okay. Yeah, it should be really good. And any other news in recruiting circles about Ole Miss we should know about? 
Not really. Uh, I'm still a little surprised about Hill not being on the on the. And I don't understand how a kid from Mississippi could not be considering Ole Miss if you're a running back. But I don't know. The Daniel Hill thing never caught traction. But uh, it, it is what it is, brother. That's, I don't. I don't think he ever visited Ole Miss. I think this was you got to kid me. Yeah, I get a dude. He's a dude. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was Alabama and Mississippi State in the beginning, which is. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, mean right. it makes sense. Maybe he's just a state fan, and he has a very anti-Ole Miss. Oh, that point. could be. That could be. Yeah. If that's you know how the loyalty is, man. That's A or B a lot of the, and I get it. Yeah. If he's got family members that hate Ole Miss, then maybe he does too. Yeah. You know that's that's blood's pretty thick with those kind yeah, of rivalries. Meridian things. is definitely a Mississippi State town. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I I know somebody from there. Yeah, it's. It is what it is, but to never visit that—that that is a little surprising. So yeah, he may have been up to Oxford, but to my knowledge, it's, it's never—he it, has never appeared on any form. Whenever they say like do a timeline of events, right. Ole Miss doesn't appear on that, and so we'll see exactly what's up. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Every dayers. We got stuff like Brian Smith every weekend. We do recruiting Saturdays, and tomorrow we will have Derek Vandy Griff and Tom Vanderford. And, of course, we will have extra videos doing reaction from practice every single day. Hope everybody enjoys this. Brian, thank you so much for stopping by today, and we'll talk to you next week, bud. All right. You have a great day, sir. All right, you too.